Hello and welcome to the Cheers to Comics podcast. I am your host Brian Wayne and this is another segment of the Creator Corner. This is where I go through and I talk about, um, well I talk with actually, like actually going to talk with someone that is throwing down in the comic book industry. And this one right here is probably the biggest one, uh, the Cheers to Comics history to this point in time. <laughs> this is Ringo Award nominated two time Rylan Grant. What's up man? How you doing, man? Dude, yeah. I'm I'm excellent. I'm so excited. I'm yeah. so excited. I just read Banjax this week, and it was I reached as soon as I read, it, I was like, oh, I gotta, I gotta talk to this guy. And you were open. I couldn't believe it. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah, well, man. yeah. I, I mean, that's a you know, you do a good show, and uh, I'm always up for a, a good show. So, um, uh, um, yeah, uh, glad to be on, and excited to uh, talk with you. And it uh, it feels good. I think you know. Um, you know, I did Comic Cast uh, over the weekend, and I think that was the first time I had been called a uh, a Ringo nominated uh, a comic book creator. And uh, you know, I think you were the you were the second to say it. So it uh, it sounds good. It doesn't get old. So uh, no, man, I have sound, a feeling that's gonna this, be sounded better this time. And you, and you made sure to say the two times. So. <laughs> oh, two time for sure, for sure. And it's and th- this isn't for you know. I mean, th- these are huge categories. Uh, the the first one being a single issue. So you got nominated for issue four of Aberrant, which is your first attempt at comics. And th- am I correct on that? That was your first shot at comics was Aberrant. Yeah, yeah definitely. My uh, yeah, Aberrant was uh, was was my first uh, foray into the comic business. Yeah, um, I you know I've um, been paid to write movies and uh, in TV for I don't know about a dozen years now. Um, and so yeah, I've done the kind of screenwriting dance for a long time and. Um, uh, yeah, decided maybe about two years back to give comics a try and, um, was always my first love, you know, a big comic fan growing up. Um, and, uh, the time was right. It just got a whole lot easier, you know, over the last maybe five years, uh, particularly the last three years to do comics. And, um, uh, so got hooked up with the right artists and, uh, yeah, um, you know, took the shot with Aberrant and, uh, it's, it's been a lot of fun. Uh, that's so awesome. So you got the, the, the nomination for issue four of that for, uh, best, single issue and then the big one man you look at this list of people you're in there with it's incredible you get brian michael bendis and jeff lemire best writer like that's probably the well that's easily that's the biggest category there is and you're right there on your first attempt man so i gotta congratulate you for one but jesus good it was, shit uh, it, it was a, it was a stunner i mean i uh uh i didn't expect to get nominated period i wasn't even um you know, I wasn't even looking at the nominations. I mean, I, I eventually would have looked at the nominations and congratulated some friends or something like that, but I didn't expect to get nominated myself. And um, I was in the middle of a uh, kind of like a pretty ugly notes call on a film that I'm writing. And, you know, I'm on with a couple of producers and a couple of actors and uh, the guy that I write a lot of my film TV stuff with. And um, suddenly all my shit just starts blowing up. Um, you know, I'm getting, uh, texts and, and, uh, emails are coming through and Facebook messages. And the, uh, the first guy that, um, the first guy that got through is a, a guy named Christian Horn, who's a, a good friend of mine, who's kind of the co-creator of a uh, baby badass over at, at action lab. And he's like, Hey, congrats on the Ringo nomination. And I'm like, uh, what? <laughs> and, and he's like, yeah, you got nominated with, you know, he's like, it's basically you and four first ballot hall of famers. 
Uh, and I'm like, you're, you're fucking with me, dude. And then, like I said, the, the messages kind of started, you know, pouring in and, and I checked and yeah, that was, um, that was intense. Uh, um, yeah, uh, being nominated with those guys is like mind blowing. Um, I, I'm not going to win the category. I should just say that right off the bat. Uh, but, but again, being, uh, included in that mix is, um, I'm still trying to wrap my mind around it, you know, uh, um, uh, really a gift. And, um, you know, to tell you the truth, I mean, the one that, um, I mean, the one that really got me was that issue four nomination though, because, um, I, well, I, you're in there with some beasts in that too, the swamp thing winter special. And I mean, there's some, there's some really good single issue stories in there too, man. It's all stuff that's been circulated and every, everyone knows about it. So it's, it's, oh, congratulations, man. It's good shit. I'm just so proud of that issue. I mean, that issue is really where the entire series turns, you know, um, it's a, it's an interesting thing. Cause I was, um, you know, I, I mean, I've written movies for a long time and, and you kind of have to, particularly these days, you, you have to write movies a certain way, you know, like, uh, um, you can't get too crazy with, uh, with point of view and, uh, and, and unreliable narrators and, um, and experimental elements. I, I write big Hollywood movies. I write like hundred million dollar action movies. And so you tell them a certain way or you don't get hired. And that gets kind of, um, you know, your shit gets stale after a while, man. You just, you know, I, I can mail those in and, and I have for a long time and they paid for my house. And, and, you know, I, again, I, I'm not a movie snob, man. I would rather watch passenger 57 for the 50th time than watch any of the new mm -hmm. kind of movies that come out. But, um, what drew me to comics was that, um, I mean, you can basically do anything. You can tell a story in any way, as long as it's good and entertaining and interesting. And, um, well, you also have a unique way of telling stories, too. I mean, with the, the back and forth, it kind of reminds me of almost like a Tarantino type of style, how you can go back and forth and between different time periods and in between scenes. But it works well. You, you do it well. Yeah, well, I mean, Tar Tarantino's certainly a, a master at it, and that's high praise. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, that was what I set out to do. I mean, I, I, I sort of I made a pact with myself that I was, um, you know, comic writing, it sort, it sort of saved my writing career. You know, I, 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 I was, I was sort of, I was getting jaded and I was getting bored with it. And, you know, um, I was 10 years in and I was, I was just, you know, I was, it felt like a job again. You know, I get paid to make up fucking stories that shouldn't feel like a job. I don't have to punch a clock. I don't have to, you know, my back doesn't hurt at the end of the day, all that shit. Um, you know, cause I, I mean, I, I grew up in a housing project in Detroit. Everybody I grew up with is back driving a fucking tow truck or something like that. Not that there's anything wrong with that, but that's real fucking work. I don't have to do real work. So I should not be devastated at the end of the day, but I was I finding myself, you. I was finding myself devastated. And, um, and man, I was just like, man, can I do this for another 10 years? I don't know. And, um, comics made me love writing again. I just made a pact with myself that I was never going to do a straightforward story. Um, and, he, and you certainly see, you know, I, I, I really got the hang of it by the time I got around to Banjax, but with Aberrant, um, you know, I started experimenting with early and, and issue four is really when we hit our stride in terms of, um, you know, uh, I mean, I'm always playing with point of view. Like you said, I'm messing with time and structure and, uh, uh, you, um, you have unreliable narrators and competing narrators and all of these things. And it's just, it's just a lot of fun, man. Again, just, just having this, um, you know, Action Lab gives me a lot of leeway to kind of go where I want with the story. And, they're, and you know, in fact, uh, they celebrate that. You know, they do backflips when I turn in a story that is, is really kind of fucked up and twisted. Um, and well, that's definitely their style for sure. I mean, if you look at their lineup of books, you know, zombie tramp, stuff like that. They're all about the, the, the fucked up and the, 
the the, the wackier, you know, the unusual, if you will. So they, yeah, I mean, whether it's, uh, yeah, whether it's with content or with structure or whatever, they they like left of center. I mean, what really, um, you know, that 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 was an interesting thing with Action Lab because they are known for, I mean, you know, they are known for the zombie tramps of the world, you know, the vamp blades, those sort of books. And so, um, so, you know, I didn't know right off the bat, um, uh, because again, that's what, I mean, those books sell like crazy people love those books. Um, but you know, Aberrant and Banjax are, you know, they don't really fit that, uh, that they don't fit that mold. So, so I'm like, you know, is, is, you know, and then I, um, and then I, I read Spencer and Locke, you know, and, mm-hmm. and David Pepos did with Spencer and Locke in terms of, again, kind of really kind of challenging uh, viewers' expectations and, and, and messing with, you know, messing with story structure and, and all that stuff. Um, I read Spencer and Locke. And I'm like, this is this is the perfect place. They're uh, like you said, they're they're really willing to kind of take these big bets on people. Um, and so, yeah, it kind of felt like home. You know, I, 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 I sort of cornered David Pepos at a, uh, a con and grilled him and. We pretty quickly became good friends, and uh, and then I knew Action Lab was a good place for me. Right on, man. Right on. Actually, it's it's funny you say that because I, I kid you not, an hour and a half ago, he just shot me a message, and it looks like he'll he's going to be one of the next guests on the show. So Thanks. I'm gonna do I'm gonna do some catching up on Spencer and Locke. But uh, yeah, I, I I I highly recommend it. Yeah, I actually just um uh, weirdest coincidence. Um, so Spencer and Locke was uh, option for television, and um uh. I was uh, one of the first writers they called in on the uh, on the television project. So I spent the day uh, uh, talking um, uh, Spencer and Locke TV with uh, executives at Legendary. It was uh, it was a lot of fun. That's that's awesome, man. That's awesome, dude. You're uh, well. You're you're clearly a talented man. You did the you you do comics, and it sounds like there's no there's no stopping. You say comics kind of saved your writing. It kind of brought back a spark again. Um, so there's obviously going to be more, but you've done some other off the wall stuff. That's not necessarily, <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> um, my, my favorite one. So okay. you, were you, all right, hold on. Were you actually a Ninja Warrior dude? Yeah, I was. Uh, that's I, so I, cool. <laughs> second season of, uh, of American Ninja Warrior. Um, and I'm, you know, I'm on the show just briefly. Um, so let me try not to turn this into a half hour story because it could be a half hour story. It's a good story. But, um, so, uh, I guess this goes back to, um, so when I was growing up, I had this obsession with American gladiators, different show, Mm -hmm. but remember that show? Oh yeah. Um, and so right around the time, you know, that, that, uh, Ninja Warrior was kicking off, they were also bringing back American gladiators and like Hulk Hogan was hosting it with Layla. (laughs) So, I thought seriously about uh, auditioning for trying out for American Gladiators, and I got a, um, I got a series of, um, you know, I, I, I went and got the the application for American Gladiators, and and there there's a there are like physical requirements. You got to be able to do like a shuttle run in this time, a forty yard dash in this time, uh, blah 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 blah. All very difficult, right? But um, but doable, you know. Um, and I, you know, I'm not a pro athlete or anything, but I keep in good shape. And uh, the one that caught me was they wanted you to be able to do 30 pull-ups in 90 seconds, um, which, which is not, and, 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 and I misunderstood, I misunderstood it. I thought you had to do 30 pull-ups in a row. Um, and, uh, and really, um, you know, you could do 10, take a short break, do five more, take a short break, as long as they were all completed in, 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 in 90 seconds. 
I didn't realize that. So I just, I needed a goal in life. So I'm like, you know, <laughs> I'm going to be able to do 30 pull-ups in a row. And so, um, so, uh, uh, Marine boot camp. when you graduate Marine boot camp, you have to be able to do 20 in a row, but we're in the, we're in like a badass age now. And the thing is, if you're going to Marine boot camp, usually you can do 20 before you go in. And so there are these like crazy systems online, uh, that sort of teach you, train you, teach you how to, you know, do, do 20 in a row, you get to a point. And so I end up doing this like crazy system and I'm, I don't know, about a month in or something like that at this point. Um, where I am, I'm, I'm doing like 150 to 200 pull-ups a day in different combinations, trying to like get to where I can do 30 in a row. And so when the, when the Ninja Warrior thing happens, I think I'm up to like where I can do 26 in a row, which is insane because like, mm-hmm. you know, at, at different times in my life, I've been in really good shape, but I don't think I've ever been able to do any more than like 15 because like pull-ups are such a weird specific skill. Mm-hmm. And so <clears throat> on the side, I'm a big Ninja Warrior fan. Um, uh, American Ninja Warriors rolling through, and this is before it was like this huge deal, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, and you know now people camp out for days to get in. Um, I go down to Venice; that's it's kind of in my backyard in LA to to watch the American Ninja Warrior tryouts, and um, and I show up and I show up fairly early, but you know there are like I don't know there are like fifteen people in line or something like that for the tryouts. Um, and so so how it works is they. You know, they choose like, I don't know what it is, 50 people, 100 people um, that they choose from like videotapes and submissions. And these are like uh, professional, uh, professional parkour guys, gymnasts, uh, stuntmen, all that stuff. And then they and then they have and th- those guys start running the course at like 4 p.m. from like 10 to 4. It's open, but people didn't really know about it back then. So I show up and there are like 15 people in line. And, um, and I call my wife and I'm like, uh, there are only 15 people here to run the open course. And, and she's like, you know, you, she's like, well, you got to do it. Right. And I'm like, well, here's the rub. So with this pull-up thing, you do, uh, you do 150 to 200 pull-ups for five days in a row. And then your body is so destroyed that you have to take two days off on the weekends to heal. Uh, And so I've been doing this for five days. It is now Saturday. I'm at the American Ninja Warrior tryouts. My body is shredded. I'm supposed to be doing absolutely nothing. I'm, not, you know, I'm supposed to be lying in bed all day, basically. Um, and now I'm staring at this course where I have to fucking hang from my arms uh, 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 the entire time. Uh. Um, and, uh, and so <clears throat> this could go on. It, it, it's a very interesting story, but, uh, but the irony comes in. I don't even know how I'm going to do. I start running the course slowly but surely. About 15 people go before me. They all go directly in the water. None of them makes it past the third obstacle. I'm like, you know what? I'm just going to take it easy. I'm going to put some, you know, I, I'm going to start putting some, uh, some, some obstacles together. Um, I make it all the way to the fucking end, right? All the way to the end of the course. You know, I, I don't know what that is. Seven obstacles or something like that. Yeah, something like that. Audience finally wakes up. They're cheering for me. They're going fucking crazy. Uh, and, um, and, and I'm, I'm at the end of the course and I'm staring at the warp wall, you know, I don't know what it is, 15 feet straight up or something like that. Um, and so I run up this warp wall, I get up to the top of it and I get two hands on the, on the, on the top of the warp, the warp wall, the lip of the, of the warp wall. I'm sitting there hanging and this is the irony. I had been doing 150 to 200 pull-ups uh. a day for a month 
and I am hanging from the warp wall, all I have to do is one fucking pull up <laughs> to get oh. to the top of this thing and complete the course. And I couldn't do it. I was so destroyed. I, I, I could not, uh, oh. I, I could not pull myself up and they tie me out on the warp wall and I was out. And so that was my, uh, that was my Ninja Warrior experience. <laughs> oh shit, man! Well, that's that's better than the majority could do. I guarantee that. that's 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 a gnarly story, man. Yeah, you you write movies and comic books. <laughs> Goddamn ninja too. <laughs> it's a lot of fun. Like if you you know if you look on my Facebook, um, and and you look back, uh, back to that, yeah, you, you can see some photos of me on the obstacles, and then um, and then also the cool thing was I was able to uh, um, you know, I was backstage, so like. Uh, I don't know how well you know Ninja Warrior, but Makoto Nagano is uh, this guy from Japan who's kind of like the Michael Jordan and Ninja Warrior. Um, you know, I, I'd, I'd watched the Japanese Ninja Warrior for years before then, and so this guy was like one of my fucking heroes, you know. And uh, and he's back there, and I was really like the first guy that day to like, you know, get past the third obstacle even. And so like he comes up to me afterwards, and he's hugging me, and uh, and uh, and everybody's congratulating me. The crowd's going wild. It was it was a great moment, you know. Um, uh, obviously, like I'm not a pro athlete, so having like, you know, having uh, athletic, uh, uh, you know, sort of stuff happen like that, uh, you know, after high school or whatever was pretty fucking cool. But. That's way cool, man. <laughs> That's way cool. And they say n- n- the nerds. I mean, they say nerds aren't athletic and capable. And <laughs> here, here, I mean, at least here you are. <laughs> there are all these different, like, um, there are all these different classifications of nerd, right? And uh, and um, and you, see, you know, you see all of them at cons. I mean, I certainly meet a ton of them. And uh, yeah, I guess I'm in like the aggro nerd category. You know, like, <laughs> he's like if he has a beer too many, he might run through a brick wall nerd. You know, that guy like, like kind of likes yeah. to nerd, you know, yeah. uh, <laughs> and, and you know, I, I mean, the, the older I get, the, the older I get, the less I am like that, you know, the less a dick I am. Uh, but uh, but but that was definitely, um, you know, I'm, I, I'm not denying my nerddom. I am I am a nerd and I'm owning it. But I'm you know, I am I am aggro likes to fight run through a brick wall nerd. So, uh, uh, yeah, you, your, your listeners can kind of. Uh, uh, put that to work in their minds. <laughs> well, that that explains where the you know the aggro and intensity of Banjax comes from. I guess maybe maybe there's a little bit of that in there because that dude's balls to the wall too. That's for sure. I fucking love that book, by the way, man. I I, I really do enjoy the shit out of Banjax. Uh, yeah, thanks, man. I mean, it's it's good to um, you know uh, sometimes you, you you spend like a year of your life creating these things, and sometimes it feels like you're just kind of dumping them into a black hole, you know. But it's uh, it's really nice when um, it's really nice to hear that stuff, you know. Again, when a when a podcaster that you like and respect uh, uh, messages you know you out of the blue and says, "Hey, I love this book, and and I need to get you on," uh, that's you know that's what that's why I do this shit. So you know, thanks for that. Well, that's. Th- Thank you, dude. I didn't, I didn't. Here you are, fucking noticing me. There we go. <laughs> I, I love it all, man. I kind of wanna. I want the the, the listeners and everything to kind of get a little bit of an idea for those. I mean, I, I I've been covering every issue of Banjack since it came out, so my listeners have been following. I give an overview and all of that. So I I want to know where a lot of this comes from. You know, you said you've you've always been a fan of comic books. What was what was the comic book that really got you in i mean what what were you reading yeah well okay so so i was one of the rubes that got pulled into a comic shop by the death of superman arc back in the day i mean i was really young um but uh but i was lucky in that you know the image revolution was kind of going on uh uh at that point and so that was what kind of kept me uh 
you know, in the comic shop, but also like, um, you know, you had the McFarlane Spider-Man going on then, you know, uh, everybody had to have their, uh, their, you know, amazing Spider-Man 299 and 300. And, um, yeah, so that stuff got me excited initially. I mean, the, the, the first thing I, I think I can remember really kind of moving me and starting to shape me, um, was, uh, when I started reaching into the back issue bins and it was that, uh, that demon in a bottle arc from Iron Man. Um, Love it, man. Yeah, you know, and they they take one of their A-listers and they make him an alcoholic, you know, just this, I mean, he's this unstoppable hero, but he's such a flawed, interesting human being. And, and, you know, I guess it's, uh, I mean, you know, there's a way to look at Banjax where it's kind of like, well, if you were going to do a demon in the bottle, like, for today, what would it be, you know? Um, You have to turn the volume up on everything, and that's kind of what I did. Um, so, Absolutely, uh, yeah. No, that's uh, shit. I didn't even correlate the two. That's that's damn. That makes me enjoy Banjax that much more now. <laughs> well, I think okay. Maybe, I think maybe I'm only fully realizing it now. But really, what Demon in the Bottle, you know, and 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 you know, there, there's a long history of addiction and ugliness uh, in my in my family. My my mom eventually drank herself to death at 55, and you know that was uh, that was difficult. And you know, I wrestled with my own issues and stuff like that. So. Um, I am, uh, so, so Demon in a Bottle spoke to me in a way, and then, you know, if you, if you read Aberrant and Banjax, I'm wrestling with a lot of those demons. I mean, writing has always, you know, even, even in my movie stuff, writing has always been a way to kind of get my demons, you know, it's therapy for me. I don't, you know, I don't do, I don't do the therapy thing. I do the writing thing. And so I lock myself in a room for eight hours a day. I get my demons, you know, locked in a, you know, final draft, uh, doc, in a final draft document. I just beat the shit out of them. Um, so Banjax, even though it's heightened and it's crazy and, you know, an aberrant too, um, uh, you know, it's about, uh, you know, beating up bad guys and international intrigue and all that stuff. Um, it's, it's really this, it's, it's really about these personal wars and wrestling with these personal demons for me. Um, you know, the demon in the bottle arc, um, it, it showed me that comics weren't just entertainment, you know, that they weren't just kind of silly fun, um, that they really could be about something. Um, and that you you know you could kind of wrestle with the serious questions of the day or or the serious questions of you know like existential questions you know the questions of human existence uh, in, uh, in in these things and, and that was really interesting and I would I would say kind of um, you know I would say as it progressed I always kind of gravitated towards books that that did that uh, you know a lot of the Vertigo books um, uh, I mean Preacher was a great book and One Hundred Bullets was a great book and um, uh, why the last man was a great book and, um, uh, trans metropolitan was a great book. And, um, you know, I, I, uh, all those books were doing, they were making those same explorations, you know, those, those creators were doing it in their own way. Um, and those books were big and bad and entertaining and over the top, but again, they were dealing with serious shit and that was what always inspired me. And, um, and it's a kind of storytelling that, um, you don't see in film uh, too much anymore. You know, I mean, when, when, when I was coming up, you know, I came up during the Sundance movement. I mean, I, 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 I'm a filmmaker right now. I'm a screenwriter because I saw Pulp Fiction when I was, you know, way too young. Um, and I said, Mm -hmm. I want this, you know, um, I want to do this. And that's why I went to, that's why I went to film school. You know, I, I went to the AFI, uh, you know, the AFI uh, American Film Institute Conservatory in Hollywood. And, you know, it was where David Lynch went and, uh, um, you know, a bunch of other kind of like, you know, big badass uh, uh, top filmmakers, um, 
and uh and you know i came out here to make my pulp fiction and but by the time i got out here hollywood wasn't you know they weren't making those films anymore um you know they're 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 making superhero films and biopics and that's it um and uh and so uh and so i ended up writing uh action movies you know and again i'm i'm not a snob like give me con air uh you know give me face off any day of the week like those okay. are- two cage movies are you kidding you just give me two cage movies <laughs> yeah that's so awesome yeah those are some of my favorite action movies and my two favorite cage movies too sorry i just got super excited when <laughs> it is cage is incredible um no i mean I, I i love those movies uh uh you know and yeah i mean but you know one i've i've worked for john woo t- twice uh um and uh you know, the, I, I had to, you know, when you're working, when you're working with somebody like that, um, you gotta, like, I needed to get my, I needed to get my face off poster signed and, <laughs> and, and you really have to like figure out when is the right time to do this. You don't want to do it too early. Cause then you feel like a, a hero worshiping Rube. Um, you know, so you gotta like, you gotta wait until, you know, it's a couple of months in and then you gotta be like, okay. Uh, so, so now I have to make a confession. <laughs> Here's my face. Uh poster you need to sign it uh um you know and i i had to i had to do the same thing with simon west who directed con air uh um you know uh uh it, it's it's funny i mean i i um it, it, but blessing and a curse i mean I'm, I'm sitting here saying like uh you know oh well I, I i hollywood doesn't make these hollywood doesn't make these meaty character pieces anymore and i'm i'm mourning it but um the offshoot of that is that I have gained such an appreciation for, you know, I've become such less of a movie snob. Like when I went to a- AFI is a snobby place, you know, again, it's all like film nerds and they want to talk about Tarkovsky and fucking, uh, mm-hmm. you know, uh, Kurosawa and you know what, there's a place for that shit. But, but again, like, um, you know, I've seen every Tarkovsky film. I never want to watch them again. Uh, and, <laughs> and I've watched fucking, you know, I've watched, you know, passenger 57, a hundred times in my life, you know, uh, I've watched Die Hard 217 times, you know, uh, uh, and, 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 and again, what I like about those films, I, I feel like they kind of don't make those movies anymore. Um, but you know, you look at Die Hard and it's a great fucking character piece. I mean, uh, Reginald Vell Johnson and Die Hard is like throwing a hundred miles an hour, you know, uh, John, McClane, John McClane is a, a three dimensional, wholly realized, you know, like the guy has, he has chips on the table, you know, it's like, uh, uh, he never he never got to apologize to his wife, and we understand that immediately, and and we are with him one hundred percent of the way. Um, so I guess like you know I, I guess when I when I swerved into the comic lane, you know that that was the sort of I knew I wasn't going to come and make a Pulp Fiction comic, you know I mean not literally, but you know what I mean. I I was going to do something like so you know that that it had to be big and bad and entertaining, um, and I guess I was taking my cues from those movies when I. When I started making Bam Jacks and Aberrant and, and all of these things, you know. Um, well, I, mean, I definitely get a sense of it when I read it. That's for sure. But I, I don't think that there's, there, uh, I mean, it's unreasonable to think that you couldn't make the Pulp Fiction of comics. Because, uh, I mean, Pulp you know, those movies in themselves, Pulp Fiction, all those Tarantino movies, they're so different from, I mean, at least I feel they stand out from everything else that is in film. And uh, with your your particular type of writing style and being able to pull it off so well, I mean, I don't think it's uh, a reach at all to say that. I mean, you, you this, what are we three issues in on your second book? <laughs> I mean, you've got a long, long comic book career, man. I 
I wouldn't doubt yourself. I think you can do it. That's for sure. And I know that you got the stories because I mean, you you've been writing short stories for what? How how many years? Seventeen years? Something like that? Is that what you said? Uh, well, I, I've been you know I've been writing a, a film and TV for uh, about twelve years, and I've been doing short stories. Uh, you know, I've been doing a lot of short fiction too for probably about as long. Gotcha. Uh, okay. Gotcha. Yeah. Yeah, but I mean, the you know, I, I've doubled down on the comic stuff. I have four other books in the pipe right now. Uh, That's and, exciting. And and, and and one of them is maybe about, and one of them probably the one I'm most excited about is is about as close to like a, an indie film that that I that I I will get or or could get in comics. It's um, I'm doing um, so it's it, it's me and Davi Leon Diaz who is the the artist on on Aberrant, and and our next book is um, it's kind of a we're doing a series of kind of four issue seasons, quote unquote. And it's kind of a, it, it, they're small town, uh, sheriff's department kind of detective stories. Um, and, and it's, it's kind of like a, a case of season sort of thing. So it's just this series of kind of four issue, uh, uh, cases. And, um, and you know, it, it kind of mirrors, you know, it's, it's almost in that true detective vein or, um, or, uh, kind of like the Fargo TV show, you know, okay. uh, Sometimes it involves the same characters. Sometimes it involves different characters, but takes place in the same world. Sometimes it takes place in the same place, but it's 10 years later or 10 years earlier. Um, it's really come together nicely. And, uh, and you know, again, it's, um, it's something that I, I could have done in, in film in the 90s, uh, but Hollywood isn't making these things anymore. And, and, uh, and we had to change it uh, to kind of suit comics, but... Um, but I think comics is a really good place for it right now, and so I, I, I think maybe you're, uh, I think maybe you're right, and I think maybe I'm not giving the comics industry enough credit. Um, but yeah, like the, you know, the, the that that film TV experience, it really kind of just it it filters down into all this stuff. Like the first um, the first season, the first five issues of Abrin are very much like a, um, you know, they're kind of like a love poem to uh, to seventy spy thrillers. Um, I mean, I mean, we've we've seen this sort of thing with like, uh, you know, Tony Scott did enemy of the state not too long ago, which is a criminally underrated film. Uh, Tony Gilroy did uh, Michael Clayton with George Clooney, which is, you know, maybe one of the best films of the last 15 years or something like that. Just, just awesome. But, um, you know, I'm, I'm talking about marathon man, three days of the condor, that sort of thing. And, 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 you know, that was interesting. You, you saw a little, it, it, like the born identity series was kind of an ode to those 70 spy thrillers. Also, this kind of does, that thing in a different way the second season of aberrant uh, meaning the you know the, the last five issues um was very much a uh, um you know it was very much an ode to those uh those buddy cop films of the 80s 48 hours lethal weapon gotcha. uh, yeah um you know where it's like i mean basically um these two guys that just hate each other are sort of um they're both fucked they know that the only way out of this is together they hate each other but they have to work together um, and they're constantly kind of clobbering each other with words and actions and whatever. Um, and so, uh, you know, so you look under the microscope, you see a lot of that Beverly Hills Cop DNA, that sort of thing. Um, you know, and then Banjax is, um, you know, Banjax is fucking, it's, it's, you know, it's Dirty Harry, it's Death Wish, it's, um, uh, you know, it's, uh, it's a lot of those movies. Um, uh, I mean, there, there is this whole, uh, you know, there is this whole vigilante uh, uh, genre of, of action film, um, and, and this kind of does that. Um, you know, it, 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 there's also a way to look at it where it's like, um, I don't know, Banjax is kind of my Batman story, and, uh, and Aberrant is kind of my Captain America story, you know? Like, if 
I, I don't know if I could tell like a straightforward Batman story. If I was going to do it, everything would be turned up and everything would be crazy and fucked and, you know, and, and, and Batman would be mentally ill. And, and, uh, and so Banjax is kind of my Batman story in that way. If you like Batman and you like fucked up, uh, uh, you know, kind of crazy kick you in the mouth stories, uh, you will love Banjax. So give it a try. Dude, yeah, totally. It, it actually kind of, I mean, it sparks a question that I was pondering over because you, you have this, uh, like I said, this uniqueness to your writing style. Say say you were given an opportunity. One of the big two came at you. They both came at you in the same at the same time, and they said, take any one of our characters, any of them. There's yeah. n- no holds bars whatsoever. Because I know that you you obviously have a knack for writing original characters, and you know you're 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 good at it. But say you were you were given the opportunity to take someone else's character, never have to worry about canon. I mean, is is the Batman your story, or is there something else that you've kind of just even as a kid thought, man, I wonder that that's that demon in a bottle. Out of, you know, I mean, something like that. Would you put a twist on it? You see where I'm going with this. Yeah, no, I, 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 I totally see where you're going. Like, you know, what would I do with a, with a big two character? And that's a, you know, it's a, it's an interesting question because I, you know, I, I sort of, um, I mean, I, I, I wouldn't and couldn't turn it down. Um, I would warn Marvel or DC that they kind of do it at their own, uh, at their own risk. Mm -hmm. Um, uh, you know, I've, I, I've settled on, I have thoughts on an approach. The character is uh, is uh, is is a tough one to wrap my mind around. Um, I don't know that there's anybody that I need to get my hands on, but if I were going to do it again, I couldn't do it in a straightforward way. Um, uh, you know, I I could, but I wouldn't be excited about it, and I don't I don't think you get my best story. Um, you know, uh, Matt Fraction's Hawkeye um, is mm-hmm. kind of one of the one of the best comics I've read in in a long time. Um, I just love how he took like a criminally underappreciated character and did something new and unique and interesting with him. Um, you know, he's, he's not even, he's not even superheroing. He's like, you know, he's trying to live in his apartment building and mind his own business and, and, you know, Russian gangsters uh, make it difficult. Um, that was just an awesome story and just a, a really inventive way to tell the story. And, and so, uh, so, you know, tackling it that way is interesting. Um, Kirkman did some interesting stuff with Ant-Man, uh, a few years back that, uh, that, that is kind of inspiring. Um, but, but yeah, I mean, um, uh, you know, Mo- Moon Knight is an interesting character, I guess, you know, who, who I think is kind of unappreciated in a lot of ways, doesn't it as do. Um, but, 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 but there is a, I mean, there, there is a, there is an appeal of like, okay, well, what would I do with Batman that hasn't been done already? Cause there've been a million Batman stories. Like, um, you know, uh, I mean, I, I've, I've always been more of a Marvel guy than a DC guy in terms of the bigger characters, you know, I mean, I, I, I don't want to, I mean, I love DC and there are great DC stories. Don't get me wrong. And I, I don't want to, I, I don't want DC to be like, well, fuck that guy. But, um, <laughs> but I guess like, you know, I, I mean, Iron Man is such an interesting layered character. Um, you know, it's this guy who is, um, you know, again, like a, you know, he's, he's a totally flawed human being and those are always interesting to, to deal with, you know, um, uh, you know, what is, um, what does an Iron Man relapse story look like today? You know, I know there have been a few of them, but, uh, but there's probably a, an interesting, very now way to do it. Um, you know, what does, I mean, Tony Stark is, um, he's such an interesting character in terms of his politics and his ideals. Uh, um, you know, if you look at Aberrant and Banjax, I'm really wrestling with 
the kind of political and philosophical questions of the day in like a heightened way. And so, um, so how do you apply that to the Marvel universe, even though like the big two tend to like swerve out of the political lane, but, um, but I might try to push it as far as I could, you know, um, Captain America is interesting in the way that like Tom Cruise, uh, 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 is interesting. Um, <laughs> okay. Because, you know, he's such like a perfect, he's such like, you know, I mean, he's such like a perfect, like unflappable fucking guy. Right. You know, and, and, and sometimes we love him for it. Um, uh, but, you know, but I mean, it's like, I, 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 uh, I watched, um, I watched Jack Reacher, uh, the other day I revisited it and, um, and, there's a way to look at it where, where, where Jack Reacher is like one of the most entertaining films that, that has ever been made because it's like you, you take perfect Tom Cruise and you just turn it up to fucking 10 because it's like Jack Reacher is like he is just the ultimate badass. He never makes a misstep. He always knows like 10 times as much as as, as the guy, you know, across the table from him. Every woman he meets immediately wants to have sex with him. Uh, uh, every, every guy he meets either like, uh, recognizes him as the ultimate badass or recognizes him and stays away or recognizes him as like the alpha male in the room and, and, and realizes that he needs to take him down, but he needs four friends to do it and then proceeds to get his ass kicked, you know, along with his four friends. Um, there is not like an ounce of humor in the, in the film that it takes itself like 110% seriously. Um, and it is like, it, it is at once like, a train wreck and like and and a glorious fucking thing to behold at the same time, um, and so these Captain America stories where he's like perfect, uh, you know, because he because he is perfect, you know, in a lot of ways are not terribly interesting, but but you know the the greatest Tom Cruise movies are the movies where um, you take that perfect persona and you start to mess with it. You look at like Jerry Maguire and Rain Man, where it's like. Um, you know, he is supposed to be this this perfect walk on water guy, but what happens when he has to deal with this fucked up situation? When he's, he's put in, you know, and, and and things start to fall. It's the guy that has the perfect life, but things start to fall apart, and he tries to keep up the perfect facade, but he can't. That is so interesting. Um, and you know, even with um, even with Top Gun, it's like, well, you know, he is supposed to be this walk on water guy, but really he is dangerous, and he is dealing with horrible demons and he's running from something and uh and um you know he almost runs from a he almost runs from a fight like you know those moments are amazing and so i guess i would like to do i wonder what like captain america's jerry Maguire story is you know huh. shit see that there you go man i, I, I see a six issue mini series coming out of that come yeah. on marvel yeah <laughs> <laughs> get that disney money yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Hit me up on Facebook, Marvel. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I love it. I love it. That's so awesome, man. Um, so you've got other comics coming. Up. Are they all through Action Lab? No, no, no. So, um, uh, uh like I said, I have, I have four other four other titles in the pipe. Um, and um, I don't know. Um, I have been focused on production uh, at the moment, and it's such a weird time in comics right now uh, for creator owned books. Like uh, the, the earth is moving beneath us. You have companies, you know, uh, combining and companies with large infusions of uh, Chinese money. And, and now they have new mandates and people don't fully understand them. And uh, I'm watching my friends who are like really storied creators uh, who are having uh, 
titles greenlit by EICs and then having them kind of like killed by profit and loss people like a week later. Um, and, and even image, uh, uh, you know, which is the gold standard, um, a lot of their books are kind of naturally coming to an end. Uh, now they're, they're larger books, you know, that have kind of like floated the company for a really long time. So now they have a new mandate and like, you know, we don't fully understand what it is yet. And I don't think they do yet. And so, um, it has been a really hard time to shop comics, uh, for, for a couple of months. And, um, and so I have kind of wisely held things back. Um, I think, you know, I think one, one, I, I, I will have a book that will be released in, uh, in next year. Um, and I have a couple of open doors. Um, I am waiting for the right time to walk through them. Uh, uh, and then there's going to be a period fairly soon where you'll probably see a couple of books from me in rapid succession, but that is a long winded, a long winded, uh, and, and very veiled way of saying that, um, uh, I've been careful about, uh, who's releasing what and when, because it is such a weird time and I don't want stuff killed on the, on the altar, you know? Um, no, no, sir, that makes total sense. Yeah. But, um, but, but action lab is a great fucking place, you know? And, um, and uh, I am I consider it my comic home in a lot of ways. Um, and uh, and they are great and they are very open. Uh, and um, and I will do books with Action Lab for, you know, the rest of my life because it's a, an amazing place. Um, I just you know, I love the people there. Brian Seaton, who's the CEO who runs the company, is just just really great. He has this this vision for the place that everybody really buys into. And um, and, you know, they have a. a um, you know, just great people are like, uh, Sean Pryor and Sean Gabarone and, uh, and, um, uh, Nicole DeAndrea and, um, uh, they just really helped me, really supported me. And so I couldn't be happier there. And, um, and, uh, but not every book is, is, is the right fit for Action Lab, you know? Um, uh, so, um, you know, there, there are other books that will necessarily go, uh, go elsewhere, but, um, yeah, uh, don't be surprised if you see another Action Lab book from me, you know, next summer. Uh, that right. that's what I can say at this point, but uh, but yeah, right. I like what they do. That's for damn sure. They put out quality stuff. Quality. I mean, obviously, <laughs> I mean, <laughs> you, writer of the year. Yeah, yeah, and they and they got a couple other good nominations too. They do really good children's books, and and uh, and, and and those those children's books just like you know outsell the shit out of us. Um, I remember uh, you know when I was at Comic Con this year uh they you know they, they have action lab which does kind of the the, the all ages stuff and, and the kids stuff and then they have action lab danger zone and they had a um they did a miraculous signing uh at the booth and they basically had uh, the miraculous signing was so big in such an event like there were film crews there and shit like that uh, the miraculous signing was so big that they just they just had to kick all of us danger zone people out so they could do the miraculous signing for an hour. <laughs> That's incredible. Um, yeah, and so uh, and so I think they had a you know I think they have they have two other nominations uh, this year, which is a you know it's a it's a big coup for a you know for a, a small publisher like that, and um, and I think they're both in that children's book vein. Uh, um, you know, Jupiter Jet, right? I think I think that got nominated. And that's a great book, and I forget what the other one is, but. Um, they're doing some great stuff and, uh, and you know, you're going to see a whole lot more great, uh, content material from them. Uh, you know, Pepos is, uh, I mean, you'll talk to him about it next week or whenever, I guess, but, uh, you know, he's about to release a new book with them called going to the chapel, which is like, you know, 
diehard meets wedding crashers and and uh and i've read it and it's it's fucking bonkers and it's amazing and uh and uh yeah you guys are gonna love it oh man i'm excited i'm excited it's i think uh well no i don't think banjax was my first dive into action lab but i know this is definitely the one that really grabbed me that's that's for damn sure um so i i'm still on the I, I really like Banjax. I'm still talking about it. We had uh, one of the tw- someone on Twitter asked um, a question revolving around Banjax and beings that you know you do the movie thing as well. His his Twitter question was is actually um, he's one of the usual hosts from Comicast, uh, Wade. Um, yeah, I'm not sure why he wasn't on that show. I missed the first part of it, but uh, yeah. <laughs> he had he had another commitment and 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 he's um i mean he's uh he might be the number one banjax fan on earth um uh um he has uh he has supported the book from moment one and uh you know it was the um uh it was the outright geekery book of the you know book of the week uh one time uh because uh because he he threw it up on the poll and uh and uh you know the the fans kind of responded got it on there and yeah he he kind of kicked off this whole uh you know this whole love affair uh so i'm i'm a i'm a big fan of his he's a big fan of of the book uh so so yeah so 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 what is this question exactly well he he wanted to know if you do have any intentions on turning banjax or Aberin into a into live action i know you're kind of explaining the difficulties of turning that type of story into a motion picture but i mean are are there any is there a chance is it something yeah. that you do have aspirations for yeah 100% so um uh so you know i i i will try not to go too far down this rabbit hole but um so a few years back you know i early in my career i sold a lot of uh i sold a lot of screenplays spec scripts pitches um and then there were these very lean years where it became almost impossible to sell a spec script or uh or a a pitch and um we entered this age of ip um, where uh, everything had to be based on something, you know, a book, uh, uh, a comic book, uh, a video game, whatever. Um, and so after a couple of lean years, um, I finally just said, look, if Hollywood wants IP, I will give them IP. Um, and so I took an idea that I had for a movie and, and, and I tried for a little while to sell it as a, as a pitch and, and couldn't. Um, I wrote it as a short story. I got the short story published. And then like a week later, we had a bidding war over it. We had Justin Lin on one side and we had uh, Brett Ratner and Robert De Niro on the other side. Um, big, big sale in this competitive situation. And, um, and so my, uh, my agents, my, my managers thought it was kind of a fluke, you know, like, oh, well, that won't happen again. And so I, I, I sort of set my mind to proving them wrong. And so I did it five more times with, uh, with, um, with short stories, uh, sold short stories to F. Gary Gray and John Wu, and um, uh, doing one now with um, uh, Debbie Diggs, who uh, who is one of the original Hamilton stars, uh, won a Tony and a Grammy for uh, for Hamilton, and uh, did a really amazing film that opened up Sundance last year called Blind Spotting that everybody should go see, and uh, um. um uh, yeah, he has a major role in the Snowpiercer Netflix uh, show, and so we're we're developing that as a TV show for him and his partner, uh, who's this other amazing actor named Rafael Casal, uh, who's uh, one of the original Def Jam poets. Just just amazing guys. But um, I, I I digress. So um, so my entire business these past probably uh, I don't know six years have, have been generating IP and then selling it to Hollywood. The last you know um, 
the last six or seven things I've been paid to write in Hollywood have been based on uh, on short stories or comics that I've created. And so, um, so with Aberrant, um, uh, you know, Aberrant was was very well suited for um, for for comics. It was a comic story first and foremost. Um, I wasn't necessarily writing it to sell it, but um, but then these Marvel shows started blowing up everywhere, um, and um, and we very we very quickly realized there was a uh, a market for aberrant and so i think it was um i think it was two weeks before issue two hit comic shops that we had uh aberrant option for tv um and so uh so tony krantz who was like a 900 pound gorilla in television uh uh scooped aberrant up like you know immediately um tony krantz produced uh 24 um he produced felicity he produced mulholland drive for david lynch and he's you know he's probably has 100 other credits and um Right now, he's doing uh, the Wu Assassins TV show for for Netflix, um, and so we are developing um, we are developing Aberrant for TV uh, for for Netflix specifically. Uh, um, maybe with Frank Grillo attached. Um, uh, we're 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 still working on that. So that's really exciting. And um, and so I'm right now. You know, I'm writing the pilot. I'm writing the the Bible. Uh, and if it goes, I'll I'll run the show with Tony, and and that'll be amazing. Um, so yeah, so that is you know it's it's a long winded way of saying that that's you know that's that's the goal the gold gold standard for all this stuff. I mean I you know of course like I love getting the comics out there and I love people reading them and you know and as a Hollywood screenwriter you write so much shit that never gets seen you know or you write so much shit that your name doesn't end up on because you're you're doing a rewrite and and it's the first writer that gets the credit usually and um, you know fucking uh, Quentin Tarantino wrote Crimson, Crimson Tide his name's not on it you know. Uh, yeah. But if, but if you watch that movie, it reeks of them. You know, yeah. uh, there are a lot of movies out there that reek of me that uh, that my name's not on, uh, and I don't talk about them because my name's not on. I'm on, and I don't want I don't want you know when my name's on a movie, I don't want the guy that came in and, and polished up the dialogue taking credit for it. Um, so there's you know it's kind of an unspoken thing, but um, but it's the beauty of the comics is like you, you get so used to your name not being on stuff or your shit not getting made because so few films get made these days. Um, you write a comic, you hand it off to an artist, you have pages a couple of days later and, you know, it ends up at a comic shop in a year. Um, that's awesome. Uh, and I love it. And, you know, I love, I love being able to come on podcasts and talk about them and I love getting nominated for Ringo awards and all that stuff. But, um, but yeah, I mean the, 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 the absolute lights out dream would be the Banjax TV show. Um, we, uh, we have interest. Um, I can say that. Um, I, uh, I met with a few like really high profile companies on it. Um, you know, TV producers, uh, at, at, uh, San Diego comic-con this year. Um, and, um, you know, we're, we're talking and we're feeling each other out. Um, uh, that's about all I can say right now. But, um, so, so, you know, I don't like being that guy. Like I could tell you, but I'd have to kill you. But, um, but <laughs> when you're, when you're in the throes of negotiations and posturing and all that stuff, uh, you keep your cards close to your vest, but, um, so, so yeah, um, Aberrant is, Aberrant is on the way. Um, you know, it, it, it's not to say that it's definitely going to get made or anything, but Aberrant is, uh, you could say Aberrant's on the 10 yard line, uh, of being a TV series. And, uh, so and, awesome. and we're returning to kickoff now on, on Banjax. Uh, and, and so, um, uh-huh. so yeah, Banjax would be an awesome fucking TV show. I hope somebody does it. Oh, dude, that's. I mean, there, there's been some shows lately proving that you can you could do dark, dirty, grimy, uh, you know, no no pillowy CW shit, and it works. Yeah. And that's that's exactly what Banjax would be. It's just oh, 
It's so I'm only three issues in, man. How long is this going? Uh, how big of a series do you plan on going with Banjax? So, yeah, so the first season is uh, the first season is four issues, okay. uh, and you know you'll you'll uh, you'll end up with a nice little cliffhanger that leaves you wanting more. Um, originally conceived as uh, as as eight issues, two four two four issue arcs, um, but but like with you know like with anything I do in comics. Um, uh, you know, if you read Aberrant, um, Aberrant was a ten issue run. Uh, but as I am as I am wrapping up all of the all of the problems uh, and conflict of the of the of the first stanza, I am creating a shit ton more. And mm-hmm. uh, and and in the end, um, you know, in the end, you're left with a ton of interesting dramatic questions that you really want to answer, and so you want more. Hopefully, um, you know, I think the I think the last two captions of uh, of 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 aberrant issues, the tenth issue of aberrant, uh, are uh, the first one is the end, and then the second one is for now. Um, mm-hmm. and, so, and so, issue eight of of Banjax will probably end the same way, where um, where um, you know uh, there'll be a lot of positive change. Uh, we'll we'll have answered a lot of dramatic questions, but created all of this new. Uh, uh, all these new questions, there'll be a new shitstorm on the horizon, um, and uh, and we'll wonder how everybody's going to deal with it. And so we'll probably have a four end, uh, uh, the end for now, sort of thing. And then, you know, based on uh, you know, based on, um, I mean, we're, I mean, the, you know, the book's been fucking on fire. You know, I mean, I, I, I and, and I don't say that to brag. I'm just, I'm just really, I'm really proud of it, and I'm, I'm really surprised to tell you the truth that like, uh, that an indie has, uh, has gotten you know, love and recognition like this, it's, it's really been awesome to see. Um, and so if we keep getting that sort of, uh, response, then, you know, we'll do more issues. Um, and, and particularly, you know, um, uh, aberrant, you know, the, the Ringo nomination certainly helped, um, uh, uh, they, they helped the case for more issues, but also like if, uh, if, um, you know, if we go to TV, like, uh, there's going to be a very lucrative market for more issues of aberrant. Um, that said, uh, I don't know if I'll have time to read them because I'll be writing and, and running the TV show. Um, mm-hmm. But, uh, but, but, but we'll see. Um, uh, yeah. Like, a uh, an aberrant TV show may, may end my, uh, my comic career for, for a while. Hopefully it doesn't, but, uh, but it would be a good problem to have. Yeah. No, there's, there's nothing wrong with uh next level and man, that's for sure. No one's going to complain about someone taking their success to the next level, no matter how bad you want them to keep doing what they're already doing. Uh, I, I I mean you're this good at comics. I, 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 if you were to take your own comic, that's already great. And then I mean, is this something that you would plan on you know directing on your own? Is that something you could talk about? I mean, is that an aspiration of yours to eventually direct? Well, yeah. I mean, I you know my uh, I mean I went to AFI as a director. You know, uh, for whatever it's worth, I have a I have an MFA in uh, in film directing from the American Film Institute. And um, you know, if you look at if, if you open up. If you open up an issue of Banjax or Aberrant, you look at the credit page. I give myself a writer director credit on each. Mm-hmm. I love it. <laughs> um, and I, uh, you know, and, and I, I treat all of these things very much like little films I'm directing. And uh, and um, and uh, you know, I kind of have a different approach to it. I, I do um, I do a lot of panels at cons. I like to do how to panels because um, you know, I remember a couple of years back, I had no idea how to do this, and and you know, I sat in panels, uh, and that was partially how I learned to do this, but I was getting a lot of bad information and, and it, it, it was really hard for me to gather the right info. And, and so once I, once I had gathered it all, 
and got rid of all, all the bullshit, I'm like, okay, well, I need to, I should present this for other people, you know, so, so they can do. And so, so for, I don't know, got about three years now, I've been doing these how-to panels at cons and, 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 and one of the, one of the better received panels is a panel I do called directing your comic. Um, and, and it, you know, the, the whole conceit of the panel is, okay, well, you are, you are the director of your own little film. And so how do you, you know, how do you use the writer? How do you use the artist and the colorist as your, your production designer, your, uh, your, your cinematographer, um, your editor, you know, that sort of thing. Um, uh, really kind of making that film metaphor, almost a meta five, you know, uh, taking it to the next level. And, uh, and so, you know, I prepare for these comics, like I would prepare to direct a film, you know, uh, uh I cast the books. Um, I, uh, I, 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 I dress the characters, uh, you know, there, there are wardrobe conversations. I, um, um, you know, my, my, my scripts aren't just scripts. They're, they're part script, they're part directing notes. So, um, if you read my scripts, it's like panel one, you know, uh, panel one, uh, uh, you know, wide shot, uh, low angle, the camera's here in the foreground. We're seeing this in the background. We're seeing that there's, you know, there's a store in the background and it should be this store. Um, they are very cinematic shots. It's not your typical face to face type of dialogue stuff that, you know, you, you're so used to seeing. They are very cinematic shots. You could, I mean, I noticed that that's for damn sure. Yeah, and I and, and 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 that's what I'm. You know, that's a that's a compliment. Thank you for saying that because that's what we're we're aiming for. And and you know, and, and part of it is that I've found the artists who will uh, who will buy into that and and run with that and who who love doing that sort of thing. Um, and you know, and part of it and 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 that too is how um, that too is how they translate so easily to to film. You know. Um, uh, that was why Aberrant was such an easy sell as a, as a TV series is like, is you just, you, you read it and it just, it, it feels like a TV show. It feels like a movie. They see it immediately. In fact, you know, uh, Aberrant is an interesting study because, uh, I, I incorporated a shit ton of popular music into Aberrant. Um, uh, the first issue in particular, there was a, you know, it's a, the first issue is about this military team that's on a mission and there is a member of the military team that, that sings while he's doing missions. Mm-hmm. Uh, just to kind of entertain his friends and fuck with them. Um, and I think, you know, the book opens with him singing, don't worry, be happy by Bobby McFerrin. And, uh, and so, 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 so the, you know, like a film would, the first thing that happens, the, the first words of, of aberrant are a music cue. Um, and you immediately hear that song in your head and you are singing it the entire time you're reading it. And then the music cue changes, you know? Um, and, uh, and, um, you know, that, that, uh, that issue four that we got nominated, uh, Ringo for, um, is, uh, the issue is called, I believe I can fly. <laughs> I've seen that. <laughs> That's so awesome, dude. I believe I can fly, uh, uh, plays twice during it. Um, and, and becomes, it starts out as a, as a, a sort of figurative metaphor for the entire issue and then turns into a, a very literal uh, uh, thing at the end when you're dealing with a superhero. Um, uh, and it's kind of a superhero who's lost his wings. Uh, and so, um, so, uh, so again, you're reading this thing and like you're, 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 you know, you're, you're seeing it in shots, like you're saying, but you're also hearing it, you're hearing it come to life. And, and, and the, uh, you know, the letterer was, was, was so key. I mean, the, um, uh, it's the same letterer on Banjax, this guy, HDE, who's, a uh, um, uh, uh, just a really talented guy from, uh, England who, um, 
people will probably do all of my books for the rest of my life. But um, nice. just the way he handles the music, the way he handles the sound effects, you just you just kind of feel everything, you hear everything. Uh, uh, you know, it's uh, Banjax is a really visceral book. There's a lot of there's a lot of physical violence, and those um, those mm-hmm. those fight scenes just kind of come to life. And and ha- and 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 half of it is is the artist and the colorist just really kind of firing in all, all cylinders, finding the right look on the face and in the right way that like, you know, the, the fish just mangles the face or the jaw or something like that. But the other half of it that really goes unsung, um, is, uh, is, is the lettering because he just, he just really makes you feel it all. You know, I would say the biggest crime in the Ringo awards and, you know, I, I don't bad mouth anybody, but, but, uh, if anybody, uh, from Aberrant should have gotten a nomination, it should have been HD. It should have been the letter. Um, so, but, but maybe, you know, we have next year for Banjax and we'll, uh, We'll see if we can get them nominated next year. Damn right. It wouldn't surprise me one bit. Not not one single bit, man. That's good stuff. Uh, well, I I know you're a super, super busy guy, and you got all these projects going on. And yeah, I, I, can't, I don't even know how you found the time to talk to me. Do you have the time to read anything? Are you reading anything right now? Anything current? Uh, God, um, you know, I, uh, um, I, I have a, you know, I would say 75% of my friends are comic creators. And so I'm the guy who has like a stack of uh, comics, like uh, you know, a mile, uh, a mile high. Um, let me see what I'm writing. Like I said, I just, I just read uh, David Pepos's uh, going to the chapel. And I think the first issue drops this month. Uh, I know, he, he just, he just drop boxed me the, the uh, review copy. I'm so excited to check it out. Yeah. It's so good. And it's so fun. Uh, it's so different from what you're used to. I mean, it's like, he's really, um, like I said, it's diehard meets um, it's diehard meets wedding crashers, and it feels like and 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 so it is like, you know, it is a book that like action loving dudes are gonna like, but it's also sending up rom coms in like a really brilliant, interesting way. Um, I just I I just like it, and and his um, you know, again, I I spent all day today talking Spencer and Locke TV, so I, I have Spencer and Locke on the brain. Uh, his uh, his second series is Spencer and Locke. Uh, uh, Spencer and Locke 2, I believe it's called, uh, just ended. And it was, it was really fucking good. Um, uh, you know, he, uh, um, I don't know how well you know the book, but he, de- uh, uh, you know, Spencer and Locke is very much about like comic strips come to life. You know, the, the basic pitch of the book is what if Kelvin and Hobbes grew up in Sin City and it's really sick, really twisted. And, um, and so the, um, the enemy, you know, the sort of antagonist of the second season is, is, is a, a Beetle Bailey takeoff called Roach Riley. Um, mm. And so it's like, okay, well, if, if Beetle Bailey lived in Sin City, he would like, you know, his entire unit, uh, his entire military unit would have been like killed in front of his eyes. And, uh, and now he has PTSD and he's like gone rogue and he's like killing people and has to be brought back in. And so that's the, that's the conceit of the second season. It's really good. It's really brilliant. Um, there's so much good on, there's so much good stuff on Kickstarter right now that is not getting its due. Um, uh, my friend, David Avalone, who was, uh, really well known for um a lot of the work he does at dynamite he does like the he does the elvira book and the betty page book at dynamite mm-hmm. and uh and is like just throwing 100 miles an hour on those books just 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 taking that kind of branded content and really kind of elevating it and doing a, a brilliant job but um he teamed up with uh kevin eastman of uh you know teenage mutant ninja turtles fame mm-hmm. uh, to do this book called drawing blood that they released on their own Oh, I'm back in the book right now. They just crossed the hundred thousand dollar mark, as a matter of fact, just a few hours ago. So yeah, this is their um, this is their 
this is their second series that they're kickstarting now. Uh, they kickstarted the first series and made over a hundred grand. <laughs> so they're kickstarting the second series, and they they have, like he said, uh, now crossed the hundred. But again, I can't recommend it enough. Uh, Drawing Blood is the best is the best book I've I've read this year. Um, it, it's incredible, man. I chat with uh, Ben Ben Bishop on Facebook every once in a while. He's he, he's another one, man. I mean, it, he and Kevin Eastman and Avalon. It'd be amazing to have them on the show. I think it's gonna happen soon. One yeah. day we'll see. Yeah. Yeah, well, if I, if I can help with that, let me uh, let, let, let me let me talk to Avalone because he is uh, he's always up for a uh, he's always up for a promo. So uh, let me uh, uh, let me help you with that. Uh, I know um, they're doing all these auctions right now for the the, the Kickstarter. And there's only five days left, and they don't need my help <laughs> to raise a few more dollars. So I figure I'd bother them after the Kickstarter's all said and done, and they can rejoice and relax. And they're doing I'm serious, they're doing like draw off auctions like every night. It's crazy. I don't know their hands stay together. Yeah, they are, beasts. yeah, they are. They are auctioning off some interesting stuff, and they're, and they're yeah, they're doing cool stuff. They 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 uh they have a big uh party going on tomorrow night uh, at Meltdown Comics, uh, which is kind of the gold standard comic shop in in Los Angeles, and they're they're throwing a big uh, drawing you know drawing blood party, and um, uh yeah, there's no telling what they're going to auction off there. You know the the original artwork, and uh, uh yeah, it's they they throw good parties. They they threw a party and and you know I was down at uh, San Diego Comic-Con doing the whole uh you know panel uh signing, you know, Banjax tour and um and uh was down there with uh Eastman and, and Avalone and they um uh their big event at Comic-Con was they um they threw a big party at a brewer, a brewery that actually I think kicked maybe kicked off the the, the second drawing blood uh, Kickstarter and they had um the brewery had done like a special drawing blood uh beer like a drawing blood ipa um nice. again like made specifically for the comic and had like a drawing blood label on it and stuff like that it was just just really cool and inventive stuff like those guys throw great fucking parties and they're uh they're they are visionary in more ways than one they are visionary in their in their books and visionary in the way they kind of promote and fund their books and um yeah. Drawing Blood is essentially two comics in one because you get the radically something Ronin Ragdolls. I know there's another R word in there. <laughs> radically rearranged Ronin and Ragdolls. That's what it is. No, I mean that 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 was that was a stroke of brilliance. I mean it's like it's a it's a book about creating a book, and then they went in and created that book. I mean that's uh, that's. <laughs> um, uh, so so yeah, r r really excited about that. Um, uh, you know, some of the, you know, there, there are people that know about drawing blood, but some of the really underappreciated stuff, uh, there's a guy, uh, guy named Charlie Stickney, who is, uh, who has been kind of like a Kickstarter, uh, phenom for a really long time. Um, and he did a book called white ash, um, which is kind of a really interesting sort of, uh, you know, delve into fantasy. Um, and I, I don't really, you know, I, I don't generally really do the whole like fantasy thing, you know, almost like a Lord of the Rings type world, but, um, but uh, it's it's a really sharp book. It's really great, and you know that's another book that's made over a hundred grand on Kickstarter uh, just through sheer will. You know they they don't have Kevin Eastman, uh, uh, you know, um, uh, you know star power. Right. It's, just, <laughs> it's two guys just through sheer will getting this book, and and it just um, uh, you know they've they've released four issues via Kickstarter, and then it just got picked up by Scout Comics, uh, and so it's getting a traditional release too uh, uh, very soon. Dude, um, that's all. Scout's been putting out some beastly shit man i think my favorite thing scouts put out so far uh and uh, another kickstarter that just it, it, it met its mark was a uh, metal shark pro man oh yeah yeah i've heard a lot about it i i, I backed the kickstarter i i haven't read it yet um but so yeah it's good dig it yeah okay interesting well that, that that's a that's a serious endorsement there i will uh i will look forward to checking that out um 
Yeah. So, and, 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 and Stickney and the same artist, they did a, uh, they just kickstarted a book called the game, uh, which is kind of like a quantum leap throwback. Uh, oh. um, and, uh, that, that sounds really interesting. I'm excited for that. I'm sure there'll be more issues of that. Um, the book I am like most excited about, um, my favorite book of all time is like, a, a, an Uber crazy indie book called monster matador, um, by a guy named Stephen Prince. Um, he uh, he writes it. He draws it himself. He's like a former animation exec um, who kind of became a stay-at-home dad for a while and just just churned this book out in his spare time. And a uh, little bit crude, it, you know, it can be easy to kind of like get turned off from it. But it is just so sharp and it is so uh, so. It's about a it's like a post-apocalyptic thing. But kaiju monsters have basically, have basically like appeared and like just taken over the world, right? And so so we're all screwed. And um, and uh, there is a there is a uh, a, a lone matador, um, you know, the monster matador who um, who kind of uh, with his young daughter sort of walks the earth like Kane and Kung Fu, you know, getting into adventures, rolls from town to town, uh, you know, rolls into a town. They're being kind of plagued by a monster. He fights the monster and moves on. Uh, but there are these really interesting uh, human stories and it is like uproariously funny it's like if uh like if danny mcbride did a santa movie that's kind of the oh the, uh, shit sold <laughs> it's, it's really good and, and and i just can't get enough of it and I, I i will tell anybody who will listen about it and it is so good in fact this is the best endorsement i can i can give to a book is that um is that i just um i I became I, I became friends with this guy uh, because I love the book so much. And uh, and I just said, look, like um, you got to like, I know I can't do Monster Matador um, because he's the only one who can do it. You know, it's just so good. And so like the voice is so unique. Um, I'm like, but you got to let me do something. And so I, I convinced him to let me do. Um, we did a spinoff together called uh, you can actually get this on Comixology. It's called Tales from the World of Monster Matador. And the idea is, you know, again, like he creates this world that's plagued by kaiju monsters. And so the so the question so the question posed in Tales from the World of Monster Matador is what is everyone else up to? Huh. Um, and so uh, and so we um, uh, we did a story that takes place in L.A. Um, and the idea is that there is a monster plaguing Century City, which is where where Nagatomi Towers from Die Hard was was, you know, uh, was in the movie. Um, and so, uh, and so a weird twist, a weird turn and a bat signal ends up in the, uh, in the sky and each of the actors who have played Batman on the silver screen, meaning, you know, uh, Affleck, Bale, Keaton, they all take that as like a sign for God, from God that they're supposed to do something about this. And they all sort of respond at the same time and, and, and craziness ensues. Um, and it's, it's, you know, it's batshit crazy, completely fucking out there. Um, but, uh, I, I had a ton of fun doing it and I, I got to, I got to write on my favorite comics. So, um, so, so it, it, back, back to a question you had maybe about a half hour ago. It's like, well, <laughs> oh, I, I don't, I, I mean, of course I dream about writing my, my Captain America, uh, you know, Tom Cruise, uh, story. Um, but really my dream was, uh, was to write on Monster Matador and it's already been realized. So I can, I can die a happy man now. That's so fucking awesome, dude. That's so awesome. Oh, well, you got me stoked. That's for sure. Comicsology, you said that song. Yeah, yeah. The, I mean, the, the, the you know, I, you know, you can read mine certainly, but I would start by reading uh, Steve's and uh, and yeah, yeah. it's on Comicsology. I think it's on MonsterMatador.com too. And um, he's just a, 
I mean, it's it's a great fucking book. And again, like, you know, get over the fact that it's a little crude, it's a little rough around the edges, but it's just like, it, it is sharp and it is, uh, and he's a, he is a singular uh, comedic mind. And, um, and uh, you know, he's going to, uh, there's so much animation stuff happening in, in town right now. Like he's going to, you know, don't be surprised if Monster Magra ends up as an animated show very soon. Oh, and, and, and if I have anything to say about it, it will be. Um, so... Oh, that's that's so fucking exciting, man. That is that's so exciting. So yeah, here I am thinking that you're not gonna be able to tell me anything that you're reading because you know you're just way too fucking busy. But you just came out with a deep ass list, man. I'm I've I've got a whole half a page here of notes that I've been taking. <laughs> I'm I'm definitely gonna check all this stuff out. That's yeah, like, I'm sure. I, yeah, try to highlight the stuff that you know that people aren't talking enough about. Um, uh, you know, I'm trying to think of like anything mainstream. Um, uh, I, good friend of mine, Sean Lewis, is doing a book for Image called Thumbs. Thumbs, dude. Oh man, Sean Chris Lewis is killing it with thumbs. Yeah, and uh, yeah, and, and and he's you know I I mean I thought the few was so so great. I mean I I, I thought the few should have got him nominated for an Eisner and uh, and um, uh, but yeah, I mean thumbs he just kicks it up a notch and he's just uh he's a he's a really brilliant guy and uh he's a good friend i mean he and i um he and i roomed together at nyu like 100 years ago and he was a uh he was a a really talented actor at the time and i was you know a uh a uh trying to kick my way into film school uh you know nerd and uh yeah we lived at nyu together um kind of kind of funny it's a really small world and then uh you know uh, years later and we're you know i i mean we both love comics back then but we never never thought in millionaires that we'd you know be sitting here uh, together like you know he's got his he's doing his what fourth image book or something like that and i'm sitting on two brain nominations you know so uh dude that's it's all the more reason why i think comics should be so much more relevant look all all the amazing shit that it's doing it's literally changing people's lives and yeah and it's just still kind of swept under the rug or at least it's i don't think it's appreciated in the the way it should be. Well, I mean, well, 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 Hollywood runs on comics now, so I think, like, you know, I mean, I, I, I think its day is is. I don't know. You you might you might say that it's here, but but uh, you know, but but if not, it's certainly right around the corner. And I, you know, I think I think a big part of the problem is that we don't have the distribution model down just yet. You know, mm-hmm. it is just just watching it, it. It is so hard to, um, you know, now like now you can go you can go to Amazon and you can you can, you know, just have the the trade paperbacks of Aberrant shipped to your door like in two days. Uh, uh, soon you'll be able to do that with Banjax, but it's like, you know, you can pre-order it now on Amazon. Go do that, all, all of you you nice listeners, and, and leave us five-star reviews and all that good stuff. Um, but, uh, but you know, in terms of getting like floppies into people's hands, it is crazy hard, you know what I'm saying? It's like, you know, geeks like you and I and geeks like the, you know, your, your hardcore listeners, we, we know how to do it and we have our pull lists and everything, but you know, try, uh, try telling my fucking, you know, my, my mom in Tennessee or my, uh, or, you know, my friends back in Detroit, like how to, how to get a comic book in their hands. And it's like, well, okay, here's what you have to do. You have to go down to the comic shop like a few months in advance and you have to tell them that you want to order this and, you know, and, and, uh, it's a pain in the ass, you know? And uh, if you don't, you have to show up on Wednesday at 9 a.m. when the doors open and elbow a few people in the face like it's Black fucking Friday. Yeah. Because, you know, yeah, you got to fight for your copy of Banjax, man. It's if they, you know, if, if they order Banjax because the the profit margins are so low and and comic, you know, uh, comic shops are under such siege right now that they can only afford, you know, that that a lot of them are just ordering fucking Marvel and DC and a couple of image books. So, uh, um, so it's like you're saying, like, you know, 
like Action Lab is doing some amazing stuff right now. Scout is doing some amazing stuff right now. Black Mask is doing some amazing stuff. Um, you know, I can go on and on and on. And like a lot of those books just aren't getting their due, you know? Um, and that's, and that's kind of criminal. And so I think, you know, I think change, I think th things kind of have to change radically very soon. And, uh, and, um, you know, and there's the opportunity for somebody to make a shit ton of money figuring out how to radically change things. And, uh, and, um, and so, so we'll see it. I don't know what it looks like yet. I mean, I'm, uh, um, you know, I'm actually, it's a, uh, uh, just oddly enough, Sean and I have been having a lot of discussions about, you know, w what is next? What is, you know, what do comics look like two years, five years, 10 years down the line? Um, because we would like to be, you know, at the front of the line. <laughs> uh, sure. and, um, and I think that, you know, I think that that is going to change a lot of stuff. Um, and, and, you know, particularly in terms of how popular they are and how, uh, how recognized they are. And obviously these, like these billion dollar movies that we're seeing over and over again, and these like kick-ass TV series are, are, uh, are, are going to help. And, um, you know, I mean this, this Disney streaming service, like, you know, Disney just announced like 45 fucking Marvel projects that are going to blow people's minds. <laughs> yeah, sir. And you know, now people aren't going to have to go to the theater five times a fucking month in May to be able to get all this entertainment and shit. Now you're going to be able to watch all this stuff from the comfort of your home, which uh, which is, in fact, a game changer. We still got to enjoy the MCU, but we don't have to spend $300 to fucking do it. And as a matter of fact, it's going to be way cheaper than any of us could have even imagined. Because I think Disney just announced today they've lowered the price from uh, $7.99 or whatever to $4.99. That's yeah, it's insane. It's um, they're trying to get everybody in the door. Like I, I, you know, I don't know how long that price is going to last. I wish, uh, I sincerely wish I could like, you know, if they would let me lock that, uh, that price in for the next 50 years, I would do it today. Oh, dude. <laughs> you know, because they're going to get everybody hooked and then two years in, they're going to jack the price up to, you know, 25 bucks and everybody's going to be like, God, I got to pay it, don't I? Yeah, um, we're, yeah, we're going to be paying that Disney money. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They, they, they know how to do it, man. Yes, um, they do. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, uh, I, I, you know, I spent, uh, uh, I was at legendary today on this TV meeting and, uh, and it, it overlooks the Disney lot. So I was, uh, I was, uh, one of the, one of the few people that got to look down on Disney today. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome. <laughs> oh, that's so awesome. Man. On, uh, on one hand, maybe. Are, are you are you uh, fix? I don't know if you could talk, but are you fixing to uh, write? I mean, are there any other comic book movies out there? You don't have to say which ones, but are there any comic book movies out there that you may have a hand in as far as cinematically coming up down the road? I have uh, got, you know, I, I've done. Uh, I, I mean, I've, I've worked on a number of them uh, that never kind of saw the light of day. It's weird. Um, it's weird. Uh, it's weird to see them kind of get back into the queue now. Um, I mean, I'm doing a lot of my own stuff right now, which is, which is very exciting. Um, uh, you know, again, um, I'm, I'm trying to figure out how monster matador becomes an animated series. Cause I think it's, <laughs> I think it's so, it's so ripe. Um, uh, you know, again, like I've had the meetings on Spencer lock. There's something I'm forgetting and that's why I'm sitting here trying to sort of churn on it a little bit. Um, I know that, um, I know there is a an exec friend of mine who has a hold of Archer and Armstrong, uh, oh. the old Valiant book. That seems really intriguing to me, and if I can find a way to kick my way into that, I'll do that. Um, the Valiant universe needs to start, man. It really does. I know we got a Bloodshot movie coming up, but uh, it hasn't started yet. So 
It still needs to start. <laughs> the Valiant Universe is too good to have not been a thing yet. Yeah, who is who's directing that Bloodshot movie? Because uh, I don't, I don't remember. I don't yeah. remember. Because, because my yeah, my boy. Oh yeah, Je- uh, yeah. Uh, oh yeah, Jeff Jeff Waddle, my friend Jeff Waddle wrote it. But yeah, okay, Dave Wilson, who uh, yeah, did. Uh, Yeah, because I, I my, you know, my, uh, I was working with F. Gary Gray when he was trying to decide if he was going to do, uh, if he was going to do Bloodshot or not, and he decided against it. But um, uh, yeah. yeah. Anyway. Yeah, man. Well, the, the only reason I ask is you say legendary, and I know that there's a comic book that I'm super, super hyped on. It's Bitterroot, and the guys from Bitterroot got picked up by or optioned by Legendary, so. I don't know if you're familiar with that. That's an image book, but if you get the chance to read Bitterroot, holy fuck, is it good? Yeah, yeah, I, I, I read, uh, I, I read the first issue, and that's, you know, that was, uh, that was stellar. And I, I, I have all the other ones, but that, you know, Bitterroot is now on my pile. But yeah, everybody talks about Bitterroot. Everybody loves Bitterroot. Um, yeah, I, uh, uh, I mean, I, I would, I'd write Bitterroot second. Uh, uh, you know, from. That's, I, I think that's what I was trying to get out of you. Are you working on Bitterroot right now? Are you up there? <laughs> that was my roundabout question. <laughs> get in line and probably you know shiv a couple of guys to uh, to to work Bitterroot. But um, uh, I'm uh, I am here if uh, I am here if they need me to rewrite Bitterroot. Um, right on. Well, I hope uh, Chuck Brown and David Walker and all them fellers are listening because <laughs> I'd love to see your little splash of creativity involved in that amazing fucking story again that that first issue is is pretty mind-blowing and the the art is gorgeous and i I know that's going to translate to to film or or tv uh in a really stellar way so um, i bet it does man i bet it does dude i could i could talk about all of this stuff with you all day you're a hyper entertaining person i don't know how you find the time to do all this stuff there's so many things that you do that we could talk about that we haven't even touched on like the poker and the buddhist and all of that stuff but when uh, we'll talk maybe we'll talk about that when the the next uh ringos come around and or after you're celebrating this year's win, because they're going to announce it soon, I would imagine. So yeah, they announced in October. I got to go to Baltimore Comic Con for it, and looking forward to that. And uh, you know, looking forward to getting, uh, you know, yeah, getting getting killed by uh, you know four of my my comic heroes in the in the writer category. And um, you know, there's still these um, uh, there's still these like favorites categories that uh that were that were kind of voted on by the, the fans and stuff like that and i'm i'm interested to see what uh what shakes out with with those ones uh so um you know still uh two noms now and and the opportunity for you know a little more love too so um we'll see i mean uh uh it's gonna be a great experience i mean the the coolest thing is just you know i mean i'm gonna be um i'm gonna be at a you know creators and editors and and you know the comics community in general really loves the baltimore comic con it's like it's it's one of the most creator friendly cons like on earth maybe the most um and so it's a great place to be it's a great place to kind of get some business done and um i'm looking forward to being there and these publishers being like who is this fucking weirdo who is like on the ballot with these four hall of famers (laughs) We, we, we we have to at least have a conversation with them just to see like what the fuck his deal is you know um and, and just uh, throw your IMDb at him, man. And yeah. yeah, they'll listen. <laughs> or, or you could just throw Aberrant at him or Banjax, and <laughs> um, they'll they'll take you seriously. I promise. Well, yeah, they're uh, you know certainly uh, you know certainly uh, certainly a lot more uh, today than 
than you know even a week ago. So uh, so that's that's good. To, it's good news, you know. But, uh, but yeah, yeah, but yeah, when uh you know um uh you know after the win or uh, when the next book's announced or whatever, yeah, I'm uh uh yeah, I'll come back on and we'll talk uh we'll talk Zen, we'll talk poker, we'll talk uh you know some of my other misadventures. So uh, happy to do it, man. I, I had a great time and uh you know it's a it, it was a great conversation. You know you can easily come on uh, you can easily come on these podcasts and um and you know you kind of you tell the same five stories and. Uh, uh, you got a lot of new and different and, you know, hopefully interesting stuff out of me. So, uh, uh, that's a, that's a big compliment and, uh, I had a great time. So well, I really try to pick your pick uh, all your creators brains, man. That's why I dedicate a whole episode. You know, I don't want it the same, you know, like I said, five questions. I, I want to know where the stuff comes from. You know, I want to know the dark secrets of the childhood and all that. I mean, I'm going to, I like to dig. So yeah, I'm glad you appreciate that, man. I'm glad you're willing to answer these questions. Some people kind of spin around them, and yeah. But uh, no, I, I appreciate your time more than anything. Like I said, you're 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 somebody. That's for sure, man. I'm I'm grateful to have you on the podcast. I'm honored, and I I really 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 do enjoy your your work, man. I know there's huge future in comics for you. That's for sure. Excellent. Uh, yeah. So let me. Uh, I guess before before you kick me off here, let me do my little uh, plug thing. Yes, please. By all means, that was my next little thingy. Go for it. Yeah, yeah. I had a feeling you were headed there. So, um, so yeah. Uh, the um, the uh, the season one and season two uh, trades of the Ringo nominated Aberrant. Uh, you know, which is my uh, my political action thriller, kind of a something in the vein of like Twenty Four with Superheroes. Uh, those are available on, on amazon.com and at, uh, fine comic shops everywhere. Um, I think, uh, I believe, um, that there's like a crazy deal now on the volume one, uh, trade. I think it's like 1050 or something, which you just kind of can't beat. It's five issues for like 1050. That's kind of absurd. Um, but had a lot of fun writing that, you know, again, two Ringo nominations and, uh, you know, quickly option for television. Hopefully you see that soon. So get those, and um, and you can do us a huge favor by you know leaving us a five star rating on Amazon or Goodreads or you know wherever you uh, wherever you get your books and wherever you celebrate your books, um, that should helps. And tell a friend, you know, I mean these uh, these indie books uh, they live and die based on this stuff. Um, so uh, so Banjax um, issue three uh, came out what a couple of weeks ago oh, last uh, Wednesday. Yeah, issue four, the uh, which wraps up this kind of first season, this first story arc, uh, um, uh, drops next month. Um, I think you still have uh, you know a, a little while to get your your pre-orders in on that, maybe a, a week or two. So uh, go down, tell your comic shop you want it. Uh, you know, order the back issues. Uh, you won't be sorry. Uh, you know, there's a reason why uh, I'm on this podcast because uh, you know uh, uh, you know somebody thinks that it's uh, it's worth reading. So take that as an endorsement. Um, the, uh, the season one, um, uh, the season one trade will be released in October, I believe. Um, but that is available for pre-order right now. So you can go to your comic shop, pre-order that you can go to Amazon and pre-order that, uh, pre-orders make the whole business go, um, you know, do not wait, uh, to, uh, to, to buy your books day of, um, uh, you know, it, it really helps, uh, grease the wheels. It, it helps your comic shop. If you pre-order, it helps, uh, you know, small publishers like Action Lab, if you pre-order, um, really helps creators like me if you pre-order. Um, uh, you know, a lot of times, 
if you go into your comic shop and you say, Hey, I've heard about this title. I want to, I want to pre-order this. The comic shop will be like, Hey, we know, you know, we know this guy or gal, we know they have good taste. We we need to order five more because people are going to want this. Um, you know, and then that just makes a huge, huge difference in the bottom line for us. So, uh, so pre-orders make the fucking world go on this shit. So, uh, Uh, most of the time you save money too, man. A lot of these, you know, you sign up for a pull list and all that. You usually get a little bit of a discount. Sometimes it's, you know, 5%, 10%, whatever. I mean, a lot of times it depends on whatever shop you're, you're pulling from, but you you save money by pre-ordering too. It's, you're not just helping everybody else out. You you benefit as well that and it also ensures your copy obviously so you win twice at least yeah because you know what thumbs number one sold out twice and people are still trying to get a hold of it and can't uh you know they're they're having to order their digital copies but yeah so so get your pre-orders in uh if you are a comic professional uh if you have participated if you have been credited uh 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 you know in in the creation of a comic whether it is a uh you know, a web comic or a comic strip or a uh, or 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 a floppy comic, a digital comic on Comicsology or 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 wherever. Um, you can vote for the Ringo Awards. Um, you can vote Rylan Grant as best writer. You can vote Aberrant Number Four as the best single issue or single story. Um, and and I we would uh, would greatly appreciate that. Um, you know, a lot of people are like, oh well, I just do web comics. So no, you are a comic professional. Oh, I just did the graphic design on something. No, you are a comic professional. So get on, and uh, and vote for the little guy, man. You know, uh, uh, does Bendis really need another award on his on his mantle? I don't think so. He it's wouldn't not- even notice. He yes. wouldn't even notice. Jeff Lemire, what's what's he gonna do with another award? Scott Snyder is gonna use it as a doorstop. I will. Uh, it, this this will. Uh, this will go on my mantle. I will, uh, I, I will pet it every day and shine it every day. So, uh, so yeah, get in there and vote for the little guy. That would be great. Um, uh, you know, if not, um, uh, you can follow me on Twitter. I am at Rylan Grant uh, on all mediums. R Y L E N D G R A N T. I spell it because uh, it's a weird name. Uh, <laughs> at Rylan Grant on uh, on Twitter and Instagram. Just Rylan Grant on uh, on Facebook. Friend me. Follow me uh you know like shit uh retweet shit share shit um uh do that for all your comic creator friends uh everybody you like it makes it makes a huge difference telling your friends about things uh boosting the analytics um you can do the same thing for this podcast for every podcast you listen to right you know you 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 like it you share it um that makes all the difference so um comics is like an ecosystem right um you know uh guys like you need guys like me and vice versa and and the fans make the whole thing go um uh uh the only the only reason i can i, I can write and get books produced is because people are going to buy them and read them the only reason that you can do a podcast is because people are going to be out there listening to it so uh so we are we are all uh you know we are all part of this ecosystem and we are all vital and uh and so know your role and 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 fucking play it you know damn uh, straight so, man damn like, straight share read um and you know again a uh, million amazing books on Kickstarter. Uh, get out there, uh, support that Drawing Blood Kickstarter, um, and uh, and and find others. Um, uh, it feels really cool to be a part of something that you're later going to hold in your hand and be thanked on in the cover. And uh, it's 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 rewarding. It is like I said, you're more than just helping out the creator. You're you're doing good things for yourself as well. So. You are you, you are manifesting stories and, and and that's that's fucking awesome, man. So, yeah. So, uh, yeah. Other than that, thanks, man. It's been, Dude, a, it's been a great time. Yeah, I, I've I've had a blast, man. It is. I, I 
And I, there's there's much more to talk about down the road. And I wish you great success. And uh, now that I know that these webcomic creators can are also eligible as a comic professional, you're going to go get a couple more votes, man, at least. I'm so, <laughs> see, yeah, 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 drum them shits up, man. I, 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 anybody and everybody. Uh, 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 let's, you know, again, uh, it's the only chance we have. We're, uh, we're up against it, man. But uh, but you know it's gonna be it, it, it's it's gonna be great going down there going to the awards anyway and uh, and uh, it's it's gonna be fruitful it's gonna be amazing um, so um, yeah love it dude well congratulations on all your all your success I thank you so much for taking the time Ryland man um, I'm, I look forward to Banjex every issue dude uh, I, thank you <laughs> thank you. Thank you, man. Thanks for reading. All right, brother. Well, you have a good rest of your evening. Take care, man. I'm going to let you get back to creating. Excellent. All right. Cheers. Cheers. If you're not getting paid to listen to podcasts, then frankly, you've been doing it wrong. I'm here to tell you about this fancy new app out there called PodCoin, where you actually earn coins, which translate into currency, or even charitable donations, if you so choose. And it's all accumulated based off the amount of time you put into listening to podcasts. Uh, and there are actually opportunities to earn double coins uh, when you listen to a featured podcast like the Cheers to Comics podcast usually is. Uh, yeah, you earn double the coins there. And as if we're not doing enough for you to pad your pockets just for downloading the app, for first-time users, if you punch in the code COMICS on behalf of Cheers to Comics podcast and PodCoin, we're going to start you out, load you up with 300 coins right off the bat. So, start earning your rewards immediately. You cash those coins in for all types of good stuff. But you're going to have to find out what that stuff is all on your own, and you got to go download the app to do it. So, once again, that app is PodCoin. Do it.